0: Everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast hosted by hashtagbasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the entire internet. Shout out to hashtagbasketball.com for being our sponsor through like, I don't know, 300, almost 350 shows for for years on end. Shout out to hashtagbasketball.com. Shout out to Joy there. Go check them out if you have not already. I'm your host, Mike Catron, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler?
1: Oh, Michael. Another day.
0: It is always another day, it turns out. Um, I recently looked into time machines, um, and they don't exist, so... Could it possibly be not another
1: day if you get a time machine? Could it be, like, two days?
0: You ever see the movie Primer?
1: I can't say that I have.
0: It's a really cool movie. It was written by like an like a physicist of some like uh, so. It was actually like there is some like interesting science behind. I mean, it's a time travel movie, uh, but it's done in this like very like bare bones way, and it's uh, it's a it's like legitimately considered one of the most complicated time traveling movies of all time but it's really really good it's like you could re-watch it and stuff like it's very uh, i think it's great it's called primer um that's my time travel movie recommendation of the week a new segment i think we're gonna run out fast though Mm-mm. honestly i don't think you will i think i could go for at least um at least 25 weeks with time travel movies Good. Yeah, but it, at, at what point?
1: I say, at what point do we get to bad time travel movies?
0: Week twenty six.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of good time travel movies. Out there. All right, fair enough, fair enough.
0: Do I get to count Back to the Future one, two, and three as separate weeks?
1: Um, no, I. So I consider if it's a, a trilogy, a sequel, uh sequel, nine times that those only count as one movie.
0: All right, cool. Well, I don't. So it will be three movies. And that will get me through 25 weeks, I think. I'm pretty sure.
1: Uh, I don't know. Three is not that good now. Come on, one and two are pretty good. But three, I don't know. Yeah,
0: three is a little sus.
1: Gets a little crazy at, at three there.
0: We didn't need a Wild Western, like, set piece to, you know I mean, to end the whole thing. But, uh, you know, you could kind of tell, like, they wrote, they wrote two and three together. So that's kind of cool. If, you know, that they wrote, like, these... Uh, movies with each other in mind so they'd have like callbacks to the other movies and stuff like that. It's very, uh, it's it's a work of art. Even that, sure. but you got it, but we're, you know, three is bad. Let's yeah, three, three is not good. I mean. let's, let's just be honest. They're, they're movies for children. So, you know, children like them. Fair enough. Speaking of children, um, I don't know where this segment's going to go. These, um, guys these grown men who are not children any longer um that we're going to talk about today um in the junior class the uh draft class of 2018 um we're going to review what kind of year they had you know we've been talking about the freshmen and sophomores um usually these are our breakout type of uh, you know first through the fourth year, you're you're really weeding out the good from the bad. and year three, I think is a really good vibe on when you are properly weeding people out. Like year three really starts to uh, I don't know what the there's like a like a chafe the crop or something like that. there's some sort of phrase that I don't even remember from my childhood, from the farming people. The the chafe, the ch- cr- it's not the cream rises to the top, but that also works as a metaphor. Um, so yeah, Tyler, you got to help me out here. My metaphors have fallen off the side of the planet.
1: Um, I'm no help on this one. I don't know what the farmers oh, the used to say.
0: There's something about the chafe, like the wheat Oh, it's golden references? at the top. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't out. know any good wheat metaphors? I'm, I'm out on wheat metaphors. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, Tyler, let's uh forgo the metaphors and uh let's get right into it. Uh if you wanted to hear about Michael Porter Jr., we're not gonna like, we're only gonna briefly mention him because we talked about him uh in the last episode. Um because he's only played two years, but um he was definitely in the 2018 draft class. And Tyler, you were talking to me about this uh draft class right before we started. Kind of a kind of a weird draft class with some like absolutely stellar players in it.
1: Yeah, so we got some real high-end talent, and then it just feels a little light on, like, role players, right? Like, it feels like a good draft as far as, like, top-end talent and maybe one of the best in terms of top-end talent. But as far as role players, like, there's just – there was a lot of misses in that kind of mid-first-round area, let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of swing and misses. I mean, like, I'm going to include – Chandler Hutchinson as a swing and a miss. Always good to as a Chicago when you're a team, any team, especially Chicago Bulls, to guarantee to pick somebody with the twenty second pick. Even though, you know, you could have instead waited for the draft to happen, potentially, um, you know, move that pick or literally draft anybody after Chandler Hutchinson, like Aaron Holiday, Anthony Simmons, uh, Mo Wagner, uh, Landry Shamit. Amari uh, Spellman I, I, I think I would rather have him uh, Jalen Brunson Devontae Graham All these guys who went after Chandler Hutchinson Who are valuable Basketball NBA players DeAnthony Melton Hello So I mean there are some big swings and misses here I think in those mid-tier rounds But there's quite a few second-round guys Who have uh, withstood the test of time Oh, for
1: sure. And that's that's what makes this draft a little weird. It's like, it just feels like there was a lot of misses, but then there was a lot of hits in the second round, which you don't normally see, right? Like normally we see maybe two or three or four players in a second round that pop and, and actually become productive everyday rotation players. Whereas in this
0: draft, we got quite a few. Yeah, I think when you look at, especially when you start looking at the top and you go, okay, well, obviously uh, Luca, he's in there. Trey is having himself a season right now um deandre ayton number one overall pick is having himself a a playoffs right this second marvin bagley and mo bamba what are you what what are you guys doing
1: yeah right so there were just some misses up there too and and obviously it'll be interesting to see i mean bagley's entering what they're all entering the last year of the rookie deal right so it'll be interesting to see you know who gets the big extensions who gets the extensions who doesn't get the extension. Does Bagley get a second contract? I mean, I think
0: yes. I think the answer there is someone will give him a contract,
1: but it's not going to be for a lot. Or I mean, I mean maybe it will be.
0: I mean, he. I think he's like a role player level <laughs> that someone will go. <laughs> hey maybe he was just in the wrong situation maybe I can fix him you know it's like uh you know like a, a girl who keeps uh dating uh losers
1: I mean he's only 22 I mean there's still time but yeah the just... kings love
0: dating losers <laughs> they're really good at that
1: no comment
0: well this is a a very interesting and I think very good fantasy draft class here and i think it would make sense for us to um look at these uh these top players we have four four guys in the top 25 from this class in this in total value for this uh fantasy season um that's that's pretty damn impressive um, per game value, you know, that drops into like the 40s and, and 50s. So these guys did work fairly durable uh, throughout the season. Um, and I think, you know, I think we got to start with talking about your boy, Luka Doncic. Yeah, I mean, obviously
1: there's some debate maybe in, in some people's minds, who's the best fantasy player in this class? I mean, Luka's had a down year and he still finished – 19th in per game value
0: and when you look at his like success succession right like success not succession succession um different words English is important uh thank your teacher today the um way Luca had improved was like very I think shocking, even when he started out that first year being like 22, 8, and 6, you're like, holy crap, this guy can ball. The year after that, 29, 9, and 9. This year, a little bit. twenty. This 28, 8, and 9. You know, very similar year. But that field goal percentage is up. So that's positive.
1: Well, and he added that, like, he literally went from taking almost no mid-range shots to taking a a fair number of mid-range shots and making a really, really high percentage of them. So there was some definite evolution in his jumper and in his shooting. I mean, he shot better from three-point territory than he's ever shot. And so I think Luke is one of those, like, generational-type guys where you're just going to see him basically add a new thing to his game every year for the next decade.
0: Yeah. He's already an all-star. He will be probably... I would assume at one point, the MVP of the league. Uh, But in fantasy terms, where is Luka Doncic's ceiling? Are we looking at a guy who's going to be maybe similar to like, I mean, the only person I can compare him to is LeBron James.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's possible. He's got to get the free throws figured out to like really vault himself into that, you know, kind of top five or top one territory and in fantasy can he do that i mean it's possible um he's gotten better at them he continues to work on them um that's really the only hole in his game right now right so you are looking at a potential in an eight category league like a potential eight category monster i mean the blocks i mean he's only giving you half but half for a point guard is pretty darn good
0: half is uh acceptable Uh, I mean, these are stats that, um, you know, are actually besting some of those early LeBron days. Uh, I think what's going to be missing here is that insane, those years in Miami where um, LeBron was shooting like 57% from the field. I don't think Luke is ever going to turn into that type of player. LeBron can be a post player whenever he decides to uh, go to the post uh but you might
1: want to ask patrick beverly about that he played patrick beverly out of that series in the post well
0: that's also true i mean he's got that part of his game i'm just uh i don't think luca could post up like uh, you know well the question's gonna be jokage. does he get on
1: does he get on the super team like lebron did like those years that lebron shot the really crazy percentages was when he was in Miami.
0: yes absolutely which but also his rebounds and his assists took a little bit of a, a step back during those years Um, so if Lucas is already doing this right now at the ripe age of 22, I thought he was old. I thought he was 20, at least 23, 22. Um, where, where's his ceiling, especially since he hits threes at a much higher rate than LeBron. Um, you don't get the field goal percentage, but you do get the threes. Is his ceiling a, like a second tier guy? Is he a second tier guy right now? Um I don't see
1: any way you're not thinking about him in that late first early second round. I mean his ceiling is the absolute best player. The ceiling in, in, is the roof. And in, in, in real basketball and in fantasy like he could literally legitimately be the top fantasy basketball player.
0: It's a possibility. Like in the long term if you're in a dynasty league, yeah, I don't think there's really uh, hardly anybody I would be trading Luka Doncic away for it unless it was like multiple superstars and Jokic like um that free throw percentage I think probably eventually prevents him from being the number one overall fantasy basketball player but I think if that comes up just a little bit maybe the turnovers go down just a little bit uh you're looking at someone who's going to be a first round pick probably for most of his career whether he finishes in the top first round, like LeBron was a top first round pick almost every year. And sometimes he finished, you know, in the twenties in and the tens, but rankings are rankings. There are no, hardly any players who give you over three threes a game, almost 30 points, nine rebounds, nine assists, and a steal. Like it, hilariously, like Jokic is like a, a close proximity, right? Like a center. There's just no other players. There's no guards doing this type of stuff. Other, I guess Westbrook, uh, is if we're going to count Westbrook because I don't even think of Westbrook as a guard anymore. I don't. I don't think of any of these people as any position at this point.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And so I mean, he's just a, he's a really unique player and he's a really unique talent. And I, I'm not betting against him to keep getting better. Like there's going to be a season coming up where he averages over 30 points a game and gets you. I mean, he might average a triple-double for a season. Like, there could be the year, like, he does the Westbrook, he locks in, he decides he wants it, and he does it.
0: Yep. I think so. I think there's going to be one of those crazy years. So, it's definitely a possibility. I don't think we need to talk about Luka anymore. He's Luka. You know who he is. I want to talk about De- uh, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Shout-out to that dunk uh, winning the game at the last second over the Clippers. Uh, a fantastic play that I, I think I've seen from more angles on the internet than any other play in basketball history.
1: That's true. That's factual.
0: Every human being uh, in that stadium filmed that dunk and has posted it online. And so I've seen about, I wouldn't say, at least 10,000 different angles of that shot.
1: Something like that, probably.
0: Yeah. And shout out to Jay Crowder with a great pass, who uh, all he does is just a team hop, uh to whoever's gonna go to the finals like that guy is uh that guy is highly underrated i used to say taj gibson was one of the most underrated players uh in the league and he he is but jay crowder i think is taking the crown for most underrated player uh in the nba Uh, fair
1: enough crowder does a lot of stuff that just helps teams win that doesn't maybe show up in a box score.
0: he's just there he's just in the right Place at the right time. He's a giant body. He can defend um, a lot more people than you think he can. Uh, I, I,
1: he can defend pretty much anyone on the court. And I think that's one of his most underrated things. Like defense is underrated in general, but Jay Crowder is one of those guys, like he's strong enough to bang with a lot of the centers now, and he's quick enough to defend a lot of the guards on the perimeter.
0: And that's why it's so important in the playoffs because he is just so versatile. It allows you to make uh, adjustments from game to game and just say, hey, Crowder, I want you to move up. I want you to move down. I want you to guard this guy over here to put you know uh, pressure on this guy over here. It allows you to make those uh, game-to-game decisions that don't really happen in the regular season. Um, but this regular season, DeAndre Ayton overall – Kind of a disappointing fantasy season when you, you're looking at a guy who um, started out rookie year 16 and 10 improved went up to 18 and 12 uh, and we're we're talking about in only 32 minutes a game uh, a guy's got one and a, his blocks improved as well his assists are still like around two which is uh, leaves some. Things to be desired, but for a center who shoots around seventy-eight percent now in free throw, so another improvement coming into this year. The issue was is like he took a different role on this Suns team because of the addition of Chris Paul. I kind of assumed, and I said this before the season started. I was like, oh, him and Chris Paul are going to get along really well. He's just going to do. He's going to be just dunking the ball. Uh, with lobs from Chris Paul but really Deandre Aydin took a back seat in the offense to let, you know, Chris Paul and Booker shine within their NBA offense. Overall though, Deandre Aiden, and I said this on uh, Twitter the other day after uh, after uh, he looks better. He just looks like a better NBA all-around player. He, he sets better screens, he plays better defense. And I think in the long term, DeAndre Ayton, I think, could be kind of a uh, 20 and 12 um, over a block a game, incredible field goal percentage, um, high end center throughout his career but the reason he's going to get to that point, I think is because he is taking this slight step back to learn and be better at other aspects of his game. I think he's going to be overlooked next season because of his end of the year rankings.
1: Fair enough. And he still finished pretty high and and you're right. He got a lot better. Like he was 51st in per game value, even yeah. with the numbers being down. Um, I think he's easily a top 40 player next year. Like, he, he you mentioned he got a lot better at a lot of things and Chris Paul, he he's talked about and I think a lot of people have written about, you know, Chris Paul really helped him and, you know, they're running just a beautiful offense right now. I mean, even without Chris Paul in those first two games against the Clippers, like they're just doing a lot of really cool things, especially out of those pick and rolls and Aiton is literally just, you know, setting a good screen, diving to the rim, trying to get dunks and they're kind of playing him to his strengths. Like he can't really shoot and so they're not letting him shoot, um, which is not great for fantasy, but he's becoming a, a, a phenomenal NBA player. And I mean, again, we're talking about a guy who's 22, right? So sky's the limit for him.
0: Yeah. Does he ever add a three point uh, shot to his game? I don't know. Maybe never say never, uh, but his shot is not great. And I think that what will, it will be one of the few, of the things that prevent him along with the along with uh, his steals, uh, one of the few things that prevent him from being a, you know, a like beginning of the second round type Ooh, player. This is a
1: fun one. This is a fun one. Let's
0: do it. Let's do it. Yeah, S- center, it.
1: center-ish players.
0: Center-ish who would, players.
1: Who would you rather have next year? Uh, Julius Randle or DeAndre Ayton?
0: In a Roto league, I think I'd rather have DeAndre Ayton.
1: All right,
0: fair, fair. Rudy Uh, Gobert. Ooh, probably Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert kind of just does what um, uh, DeAndre Aiden but is better.
1: Uh, Let's see here. Anthony Davis.
0: Anthony Davis.
1: Not worried about that Achilles?
0: No. All right, fair, fair.
1: Uh, Let's see here. Draymond Green, who finished higher than him in per game value. Shout out to Draymond
0: Green for having a nice little comeback here. Uh, DeAndre Aiden.
1: Yeah, I just green seven points a game. Just
0: hard. Uh, Valentunas. Yeah. Hard to overcome that. Uh, DeAndre Aiden. I love, I love Uh
1: Rashawn Holmes. No, no more. Rashawn Holmes is going to play. I don't shrink the free agent.
0: Yeah, DeAndre Aiden.
1: Pascal Siakam.
0: DeAndre Aiden. Capella. Mm. I like Capella, but I'd still go DeAndre Aiden.
1: So I mean, I think, and that that tells you right there, I think you have DeAndre Ayton pretty much in your top 40 and maybe even in your top, like, 35.
0: Yeah, I think so. Is there there really, is there anyone in the previous draft class? So we've seen the progression of DeAndre Ayton. Is there really anyone in the uh, draft class behind him uh, or even in this draft class that seems to have a similar trajectory? Not a lot of sinners, not a lot of prominent sinners.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's and I think that was one reason why people were like, why did you take him? I guess, I mean, there's not really, like, even guys like Bam, like Bam had, you know, kind of a breakout third season and then kind of took another leap in his fourth season, but, like, he was not really playing at all in his first two seasons. That's true. Um, so I, I don't know that there's a real good comparison to for it, but yeah, I'm not I, sure. I think – I think we see this a lot with centers. Like centers, just seem to take a little bit more time, and maybe it's the physicality of banging down low there. But they just take a little more time to develop. And I think you could easily see Aiton being like uh, 17 and 11, 17 and 12 with like a block and a half next year on a crazy percentages. Um, well, just, I think he's gonna be really, really good.
0: Yeah, I think he. Uh, I, I think he does have. One uh staying potential, but also just like there's there's another step. There's another step he will be taking. Um, and I think he will they'll run the offense a little bit more through him over as the years progress. Um
1: We we skipped over the third best player though in this class, I think. Oh as far as fantasy goes.
0: All right. Uh let's talk about whoever that is. So who do you want who is that person? Uh SGA. Oh. Oh oh, 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 Who was a, picked eleventh in this class? Really? It's you're not going to talk about your boy Trey Young. You're not going to talk about Mikael Bridges. We're going to talk about SGA.
1: Oh well, I mean, we, I mean, we kind of talked about Trey Young. When we were talking about Luca. Like Trey Young is what he is. Like he's not going to give you a ton of defensive stats, right? So like he's going to give you insane assists and insane points and insane threes and.
0: Well the threes actually aren't aren't terribly there.
1: Well he, he took a step back, right? He was three point four though the year before.
0: That's true. And if he can get back up into that array, like I think Trey Young gets a bad rap. Uh, not in like real life. Um, but I just think like in uh fantasy, I think people want more from Trey Young, and I I, I asked him, what more could you possibly like desire? He gets 10 assists a damn game. Yes, his turnovers are terrible. Uh, his field goal percentage is not good. He will never uh, average more than 0.1 block a game.
1: He finished higher his, than Luca this year. He steals our game a value. value.
0: Exactly. I think people because, would really, has, really overlook that, how important that 10 assists is.
1: Yeah, he has two absolutely elite categories in the free throws and the assists. Yeah, and throws, he's got two scoring. Cat- Two categories that are just below elite if he can get the threes back up in points and threes.
0: So he's got got the potential next season to be elite in four categories. And he gets four rebounds a game. I think what people, maybe more fantasy-centric people, don't like is that the counting stats, the threes, the steals, the blocks, they aren't there. And if you care about field goal percentage, that isn't there either. So um, next
1: season, just next season redraft league, you want Trey Young or you want Luca?
0: I'll probably take Luca.
1: You want, uh, let's see, we'll just go with some point guards. You want him or Kyrie Irving? Trey. You want Trey Young or Damian Lillard? Dame. You want Trey Young or Zach Levine? Trey. So you probably have Trey Young relatively in your right around the end of the first, early second. But
0: honestly, Dame and Trey are very similar players. Except for Trey gets more assists.
1: Yeah. Dame's going to shoot a little bit better from the field. He's going to hit some more threes probably.
0: Yeah. You're going to get a little bit more from Dame in all the categories. And then Trey's going to be a little bit worse in all the categories than Dame, but assists.
1: Right. Um, And then again, I mean, but. That nine assists or 10 assists, you know, is a big thing to bank in a league where there's just not a lot of assists.
0: Yep. And Trey ain't going nowhere. I mean, he's murdering people in the playoffs. Atlanta is in the Eastern Conference Finals. So um, shout out to Trey Young. I think, he, you know, obviously he's going to be another absolute superstar from this draft. A lot of superstars in this draft, but I want to talk about your boy, Shea Gildress-Alexander. Does this guy have what it takes to eventually be a superstar?
1: I think so. I mean, look at the numbers. It was only 35 games this year, but look at those numbers. I mean, they're phenomenal. Um, Oklahoma City has got to get a better team around him for him to get the same recognition that Trey Young and Luca get, um, obviously. But I think we've seen Shea take a, a pretty big step from year one to year two and a pretty another big step from year two to year three.
0: Every year he gets better. Every year he gets better, and that's exactly what you want to look for for a guy who could be a breakout candidate.
1: They embraced him as kind of a more of a point guard this year, which was really good for fantasy, right? Like, he had almost six assists a game. Um, Assuming they stick with that next season, yeah, I mean, sky's the limit for for SGA, too. Like, SGA finished, if you look at per game. Now, he didn't play that many games, but he finished per game in, like, 21st –
0: no, 27th. So – yeah, I mean... Yeah. That's um, good, the uh, last time I checked. Um, I think what I like about SGA here is that, one, he gets a better team around him and those assists go up. Two, he gets a better team around him and the scoring goes up. Because, you know, if you're not just being bombarded by the entire team's defense every night, it opens opens things up for you. So, um what I... Also, really love is the fact that the three point, um, three pointers per game has gone up every single year. That shot is getting better. His field goal percentage got better. Um, he shot a good
1: 40% from three this year. That's an underrated thing that most people miss
0: absolutely wild. Yeah, it wasn't just hitting more volume, he hit more three pointers and shot a better percentage. Yeah, so I think this might be like a slow boil instead of just like right out the gate Trey young.
1: Yeah. But this is the guy I like, you could see him being in the top 20 for like four or five or six. six I six could, I
0: could see him being second round value as at, 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 for multiple years throughout his prime. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think SGA for me next year is good. I hope a lot of people are sleeping on him. Because I think I'm going to be drafting him in quite a few leagues.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's probably going to be a, a third round pick.
0: Yeah. It might be another year before. Um, so it might be next year, and you're like, here's the year, and it just doesn't happen. A lot of there's always been those guys where it's like, this is the year, and it just doesn't happen. And you go, well, this, this is a year. It's just well, like, this is probably yeah, the team isn't right. And then this, and then you give up. And then the next year is that's the year. So this is
1: probably a conversation for a different day. Cause this is probably a lengthy conversation, but there's some cloudiness in that second round in the sense that some of those guys are getting older and there oh. maybe you know, going to be a little risky to pick um, in that second round. And then, you know, you got some of these young guys that are like, can they take a step and pass some of the guys we've seen in the second round for a long time, like, you know, Vucevic and those types. Um, so there's some some intrigue in that second round, I think, for first time
0: in a while. Yeah, we called it in the um, – I think at the beginning of the season that we said this would be a year of, uh, of flux between – the uh, you know the top tier guys second tier guys third tier guys it's going to be a real influx year I think what we didn't realize is that some of that flux would be older guys coming back in and getting hot and like be playing out of their minds like uh, I think we uh, overall we're going to see a lot of that flux back and forth for the next like you know probably two to three maybe even four years the league keeps getting younger and better i mean we literally just talked about three straight superstars potentially sga a fourth superstar um who are all in their third year of the league yeah and, and
1: by all accounts we're getting a draft class this year that basically has five potential number one picks in it
0: yeah not to mention the sophomores and rookies we just talked about uh in the previous episodes who um you know have uh, amongst them the likes of zion um, so we're 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 obviously fantasy wise we're not a big fan of him, but we're talking about a league that is just only getting incredibly more talented, and I for one love that because I think it's going to bring a lot more parity to the league. Um, and uh, I mean these playoffs, everybody's bitching about, you know, where are the Lakers? Where is LeBron? Where's the Lakers? I'm sad. And it's like these playoffs are better than almost uh, almost any playoff in recollection because it's not LeBron and Curry. Like I don't want to see that play out again, though, though. I actually those were pretty fun uh, playoffs to watch as well. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think the intrigue of
1: of maybe not knowing who's gonna win has been the f- most fun part for me in a while. Speaking of another player. Oh no! So this is my this is my question I want to ask. This. Oh. So. Go ahead. I think if you're looking at this class, right, and you're ranking them just in for fantasy terms, not talking about real basketball. Okay. Luca, Trey Young, S G A, Ayton. Who's the next person on your list? Because this is an interesting question to me. Let's kick out Michael Porter. Let's assume he was in the last class because he's only played two years. Ooh. There's some question on for just for fantasy, we're not talking about real basketball, who the yes. next player is, if you ask me.
0: Hmm, that is a good that is a good question. Who is the next best fantasy player in this draft? <sighs> fantasy wise, long term, long term, or just like next year?
1: Uh, well, maybe both.
0: Well, mikel Bridges is is, is putting. A very I would nice say across Mikel the board Ridges number.
1: might be the best real basketball player next. Next best real basketball player. Yeah.
0: But he's also an incredibly good fantasy player when you talk about roto leagues, when you talk about across the board statistics, you know, a one-one one guy. He has kind of like like potentially that staying power within uh someone who will be fantasy relevant for a very, very long time. He
1: finished sixty-third in per game value this year. And he played in every game. So yeah. he, in totals, he was probably well inside the top 50. And that's what I mean. It's interesting because you also have two guys that are probably a little bit higher ceiling fantasy players. It's yeah.
0: so like Jaron Jackson Jr. feels like he should have a ceiling, but also he didn't play at all. Yeah. What's going on with him? And then you got Colin Sexton, who can already score
1: 20 points a game as a 20-whatever-year-old. Yeah, so if he can add some ancillary stats, that like he's obviously going to be really good in fantasy, regardless of whether he's real good in real life basketball, which is a debate we can have.
0: Well, for both of those guys, though, I I just don't know what I'm gonna where their trajectories are going. Mikell Bridges is probably going to be Mikell Bridges for the rest of his career for the next twelve years.
1: But again, though, you're like number forty
0: eighth player,
1: right? That's what I mean. There's not. I don't think there's much ceiling. Like, do you see Bridges ever being like a top? even 40, 30 player. Like, he might sneak into the top 40 a year or two just by, like, hitting a few more shots and and doing whatever.
0: Uh, It feels like he's got a very um, Otto Porter-esque potential where it's like, yeah, everything sat right this year. His steals went up to 1.6 and his blocks were, uh, you know, over one and his percentages were great. Uh, Here you go. Like, he he might have, like, that kind of, uh, I guess, extra um like helped by the rankings type of thing but no i don't see him ever being like a top 25 player or anything like that right
1: whereas you could see that with jaron jackson jr like there's a potential that it's there it's not that it's gonna happen right but he still has the upside to
0: potentially do that at some point so what do we make of jaron jackson let's go let's let's dive in on on this lunatic who uh i assume anyone listening to this podcast If you had drafted or dealt with Jaron Jackson Jr., which is probably bodes well for me who did not, um, you're probably fed up with this dude. He played 11 games. In not only did he play 11 games, but it was like five months of well, Jaron Jackson's almost back. That was the that was. It's like he's almost back. He can't walk. He's not. He's not practicing. It's like, well, he'll be back any day now. Well, and it was always like, oh, we'll give you an update in a week, or
1: in two weeks. And it's like, then they just never said anything. Like, yeah. There was a point where they were just <laughs> like, during the training camp, though, they were saying like, oh, well, we're going to give you an update. He's close, whatever. They, they said that a couple times. And then like the regular season started and you just heard nothing for like, yeah. like I actually months, three months, it was- like it was a long time.
0: I'm going to assume like even the local reporters there, the beat writers there stopped asking about Jared Jackson at some point because even they were tired of asking. Like they were just like, "Eh, Jared Jackson's out of course. Like what what the fuck are you talking about?
1: Yeah, I don't, I mean, but in 23 minutes, he put up a phenomenal stat line for 23 minutes. And in 28 minutes last year, he put up a phenomenal stat line for 28 and a half minutes. Now, The fouls are a problem, a big problem, and you can't play much more than 28 minutes if you're fouling someone four times a game.
0: Jaron Jackson is 21 years old.
1: Yes, turns 22 in September, so about when we're getting going again, right? One of the youngest
0: juniors. Yes. Yeah lot of uh, a lot of um, growth ahead of Jaron Jackson. Okay,
1: so let's in assume tail. he's he's healthy. Okay. Now, let's healthy. assume he's healthy at the start of training camp.
0: Okay. Let's hell, hell of an assumption, but let's assume.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. Like he played a like 57 games last year and they didn't play that many more than that in the regular season, right? I mean, they played he
0: Played uh in the series against Utah and he played like starters minutes.
1: Right. And was good. Yeah. was Uh, For someone who's that
0: rusty, was good.
1: Yeah. So I guess my question is, number one, you're going to have to draft him somewhere if he's healthy, right?
0: Absolutely. 100% has to be drafted next year. So
1: he finished 70th in per game value playing 23 minutes a game. Mm -hmm. But it's only an 11-game sample. So you probably don't want to read too too much into that, right?
0: Don't care about that at all. Don't care about that ranking at all.
1: The question is... Where are you Where are you even looking at him? Where are you drafting him? And how worried are you about him playing more than, let's assume it's an 82-game season again, more than 60 games?
0: I am worried about him playing more than 60 games, like 100% after this track record. So you have to weigh that risk with his, um, you know, inherent talent to be a guy who can get you uh, over a block and a half and a steal and uh, potentially up to two three pointers a game i think you have to start looking him at him in the the 40 to 50 range and you have to start thinking am i willing to take this risk do i think i can do you think you can get away with him dropping another round i think if you can get him outside the top 50 that's a very nice value and that's where i'm going to be shooting for around that 50 spot
1: yeah, because we're getting to that point where like there's a big amalgamation of pretty similar players at that point. But I'm yeah. worried, man. I'm worried. Even at fi- even at f- if I if I have pick fifty, I'm worried about him. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm worried about taking him there.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm definitely worried about taking him there. But I think I can, uh, in with my like fifth round pick.
1: Well, and it's gonna matter to What kind of league it is? Like, if it's a deep True. league at pick fifty, I'm I'm pro- I might be out.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'm taking him in like a in a deeper league, in a standard league, maybe even right. Well, there's Michelle some replacement
1: league. value. Yeah. sure. I'll I'll think about it because he's got it. Yeah. I mean, he's got a tremendous upside. But yeah, if he's like, you know, we're talking like a 16 team league. If he's like my third player, yeah, I don't, I don't know about. I don't think I want any part of that.
0: No, 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 no. If he's like my third best player, you're in trouble. Like, um. I'm, I'm, I'm considering, like, standard league-wise, though, there's enough replaceable players. And I'm also, like, thinking about this, this this strategy of being like, all right, like, I'm willing to take the risk on the value I'm getting there because he could just get it all together. He could be healthy and he could be very valuable. Um, and by that, you know, that two-thirds point within the season, really, at this uh, – you know, I'm, 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 I've been working on this idea – At that point, you should just be kind of moving all of your mediocre players in like two for ones towards just having like a super stacked like top five, like, you know, four or five, like just top ass players. And then just rotate weirdos in from the the waiver wire who come out of nowhere because throughout the last third of the season, there's just always random ass people suddenly show. We were talking about this in the last episode. Uh, A lot of those sophomores were – were basically unheard of until for like three weeks within the season, uh, Poku or Mo Brown or every other uh, Oklahoma city player um, had their moment. If you can get value off the waiver wire like that in the last third of the season, then stack your team just full of like th- those mid tier to first plateau players, just get rid of them all and get, and get top tier players.
1: Yeah. I don't hate it. I guess it, it builds in some inherent risk in your team in the sense that if one of those top tier guys go down, sure, you're, you're looking at it. Um, so I would guess it would depend on what my team is looking like and how much of a chance I thought I had to win it. Right. Like if I thought I had the team to win it already, I don't know that I'd go for that strategy. If I thought I might, you know, I'm probably the third or fourth best team going into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a strategy that's definitely worth uh, looking at. Um, Speaking of Mo Brown, thoughts on that trade?
0: Oh, we should talk about the Mo Brown trade.
1: Um, that was a little surprising, huh? I'm that was the first trade I think I ever remember before the draft lottery. Yeah. After was, the deadline and before the draft lottery. That may be the first one i would ever seen.
0: Kind of one of those uh, head scratchers where you're like, why didn't you wait? Like why? Why didn't you? And also, like, what's going on with the um, with the Celtics? Um,
1: I'll I'll just say this because I think this is what maybe happened. It was a veteran GM taking advantage of a uh, rookie GM.
0: Interesting thoughts on that. Mm, very interesting. Um, I. I think you might be onto something because you have to assume that, like, you know, word gets around, all these guys talk, that Horford was, like, someone who Brad Stevens was like, I love Horford. And then the, you know, old GM, who was not that good anyway, um, gets rid of Horford and say, hey, let's see if we can ship him back.
1: Yeah, and and not only that, but, I mean, he got a first-round pick out of it
0: that's crazy that doesn't make any sense
1: and like how many months ago was it we were looking at al Horford as one of the worst contracts in the league he got a first round pick and
0: kemba walker back yeah and that makes kemba walker real interesting next year and i don't think we should speculate too much on next year because there's going to be a thousand things that maneuver Throughout the uh, betw- between now and the lottery, and the lottery and free agency, or the draft and free agency, the lottery has already happened. Here's a here's Pogibles a bulls are uh, done for. They're basically no man's land for the next six years. So, here's crazy. a
1: crazy here's a crazy thought. By opening day, we forgot that trade even happened.
0: Hundred percent chance. By draft day, we forgot that. forgot to happen.
1: And it not, I think there's just going to be a lot of moves and there's going to be some absolutely wild ones.
0: Oh yeah, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a really, really great offseason. I think it's just going to be uh, very, uh, very exciting. Let's do a little bit of a lightning round on the rest of these juniors.
1: Oh, are we to the point where we ask how many standard league players are left?
0: Um, well, yes, let's do that. Cause this is a, How many standard league players are left? I think kind a, of a few, actually. This is an interesting question because there's a lot of maybes for me.
1: Like maybe. He's, yeah, maybe, let, maybe. let
0: me. Th- I'll throw one at you. You throw one at me. How about we play that game? Well, I mean, should we talk about we Colin Sexton, Sexton
1: at all? Because I feel like Colin Sexton's definitely one, right?
0: You love talking about Colin Sexton. I'll let you talk about Colin Sexton.
1: Well, I, I mean, Colin Sexton finished sixty-fifth.
0: I'm more of a and, Darius and, Garland guy,
1: you know. Oh well, I, I'm more of a Darius Garland guy too. But I mean, just the ability to score twenty-four points a game. You know what I mean? Like, that's huge. Colin Sexton, sometimes the type of guy you pick and then trade when you can just say, hey, he's averaging 24 points a game, and you can get, like, a pretty good haul for it. Um, So I like that about him. He's a little – usually a little underrated because he plays for the Cavs, which I like that about him. And assists are not bad, and he gives you over a steal a game, and the percentages are good and he gives you 24 points that's what there is about him i think he's going to be probably the 65th best player again next year um i don't think there's a huge ceiling but i think this is a guy who's going to be a standard league player for a long time
0: 100 percent colin sexton is a standard league player he should be drafted like a standard league player um is he going to be anything like extraordinary i don't know I have more faith in Darius Garland than him being extraordinary, but I don't think Colin Sexton's
1: ever going to be the playmaker to be any like maybe even he but he probably struggles to crack the top fifty in any season.
0: Yeah, there's also plenty of room to like um, maneuver within that Cavs like team, right? And so like he's going to be like there for uh, quite a while, and. Um, I, I, I think Colin Sexton there's always a spot for like that guy who scores a ton in fantasy basketball. There just always is. Like he's always just like, you know, he's a guy who gets drafted every single year. Probably a little over drafted because of his points, but still drafted every single year. And I think that's who he's gonna be. For sure. So how about this? I'll throw a guy out there and you tell me if he's standard league, like, and when we run out of guys, then we will know. All right, fair. Dante DiVincenzo.
1: I somehow knew you were going to say that because I was just debating if I own Braid if he was watered to <laughs>
0: He's the ultimate I don't know. Uh,
1: I think it's going to really matter what that team looks like. Like, is he a starter again?
0: I would consider a standard league player anyone who is relevant, who can win you, um, who is can be on your roster um, a majority of the season. And I think he at this time is –
1: yeah, but he's right on that fringe, right? Like he's yes. the he's the last person on your roster in the standard league.
0: Correct. So, you are going to drop him at some point in the league, but he is going to also ride your bench for quite a while.
1: Yes. So yeah, he's there. I mean that that's a that's a difficult one. I'll go with the guy your team picked, Wendell Carter.
0: Yes, I think he absolutely is, um, because I think his skill set is very interesting. Uh, and I think he's going to get tons of minutes in Orlando. Uh, I think he's actually quite a talented dude. So I think he's got staying power in the league. So yeah, I think he's a Stanley player.
1: Uh, so he finished one forty fourth in per game value next year. I think he will be somewhat slept on and maybe be one of the steals of the draft.
0: Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're onto something there. I'm gonna to have to. That's a scope. Write that down.
1: Uh, No, he's got to stay healthy, which he hasn't really done. But um, Still very young. Yep.
0: So that's a a real interesting one for me. All right, cool. Mitchell Robinson.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think he is just based on the blocks. Um, Has to be. The Knicks have a really interesting decision to do with him this summer. So he's a second-round pick. He signed one of those contracts where basically they can – decline the option and make him a restricted free agent this summer or they can let him play out his very cheap deal which i think is like around two million and then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2022 so they have an interesting decision on what they want to do with him do they make him a restricted this summer or do they just basically say well we're going to keep you for one more year and then we'll see what your market value is um that's an that is interesting yeah. Just in that sense alone. But yeah, the blocks are going to keep him there. I mean, we, I think we've talked about him a lot over the years. He's probably going to be overdrafted again. So I'm probably not going to own him. 100%. Uh, right. He did finish 104th, but he was picked well above 104th, if you remember, because we discussed this many yes, times. Yes, he did.
0: We've been shooting all over Mitchell Robinson for a very long time, since the beginning of time.
1: Uh, Miles Bridges.
0: Yes. I like Miles Bridges. I I, I think I've said this a handful of times on the pod throughout the year. I watched wa- far too many Charlotte uh, Hornets games this year for some reason, um, and mostly because I had money on certain players in that uh, on that team. Well, I and... want to ask
1: you. They are, hopefully, you're not looking at this. Uh, Fred's at hashtag basketball per game rankings. Where did Miles Bridges finish in the oh. category league? I Don't am not. I'm look.
0: not looking. I'm not looking. I will. Looking. I'll give you
1: one hint, and this is probably a hint that's going to throw you off more. That's going to help you. Okay. He finished right behind D'Angelo Russell.
0: Ooh, that doesn't help. Um, but uh, so I'm going to say like 88th. Oh my lord!
1: Well, if you were guessing D'Angelo Russell, you got it. He was 89.
0: Oh, there you go. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, you said D'Angelo Russell, and I was like, I feel like D'Angelo Russell was around nine, like in that lower 80s. <laughs>
1: So good guess, Michael. Good guess. Uh, yeah, I feel like he's got some upside to be better than that too.
0: Yes, he looked better this year. He just looked better, like a better. Not basketball D'Angelo Russell. This year. Let's not talk. Yes, about not D'Angelo about Russell. He did not look better this year. He looked like trash, <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about him. Um, I, I will never be drafting D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell is a great get that money off the board guy uh, for for here for forever. Um, no, Miles Bridges looks good. Miles Bridges kind of like looks like he could be someone who breaks out. Uh, I would love to get Miles Bridges late in a draft. Um, I'm keeping an eye on him for sure. Yeah,
1: and he's a guy that I could see slipping kind of past that pick 100 and just being a big mistake.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, Kevin Herder. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: he is. I I've liked Kevin Herder for a while though.
0: Yeah, he's kind of like just good.
1: Yeah, and. Still really young. Like he finished 125th this year in per game. He's only 22. Turns 23 in August. Like, yeah, I'm just a fan. I'm just a fan of his game.
0: Yeah, Um, I think he's got staying power as well. Um, I think he'll just kind of be like someone who scrapes around in those uh, in that lower, um, you know, in that second plateau. But I I don't think he's going anywhere.
1: So If, if anything, he gets a little bit better. I think there are three names left in this.
0: Okay. Can I, um, you want me to guess them? Yeah, go. Okay. Three names left. Ooh, I shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't have offered to guess. Uh, Devontae Graham.
1: Yes, that's one of the names. Okay. And I, I like think that. he's probably a standard league guy, depending on where he ends up, too.
0: Yeah? Um, yeah, just up. he's going to
1: get good assists. And that's gonna keep him in there.
0: You know okay, what I mean? Okay. Yeah, like he's gonna like he's gonna do the things that you kind of want.
1: But he's be. a free agent this offseason, too. So Ooh,
0: Chicago Bulls. No, we don't need another Kobe White. Um, never mind. I talked myself out of it real quick. All right, let's see. Two more, two more, two more, two more, two more.
1: Oh, I don't know that you're gonna get either one of these.
0: Jalen Brunson. Yes. Aha. James Rose is good.
1: Yes. He finished 173rd, but there's just a lot of game to like there, and he took a big step forward. Now, obviously, he's going to have to get a few more minutes, but I think at some point he does, and he's just kind of right on the fringes of that standard league for a long time.
0: Yeah, he'll be around. He'll definitely – he might, like, t- taper off eventually. It could go either way, but I think he'll be around for the next few years. All right, last guy – uh I'm gonna go with da, 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 D'Anthony Melton.
1: So there's another guy. I,
0: I like the th- Anthony Melton.
1: Mel, Melton I debated on. I think that D'Anthony Melton was more of a question mark to me than one other person.
0: Okay. Who is it?
1: But I do like d'Anthony Melton too the Melton's got those good steals like he just kind of doesn't do a lot of sexy stuff but it's like there's a lot of stuff that you're like okay that's kind of good like he finished 146
0: yeah um, right there he's he's right there but what i like about that that fact is that it's he finished that in like what what, what was he how many minutes is he playing game? like 24
1: yeah probably
0: not even that many 20.1 shit 20.1 come okay. on guys play d'anthony melton Chicago well, they, Bulls. Good Anthony Belt on the team.
1: The problem, the problem there is mm. like they've got Ja, or they've got Ja, they've got Tyus Jones, like they've got Dylan Brooks. They've just got mm. a lot of guards there that are yeah. good and young and and you know what I mean, like just good players. They, they have
0: no they, need for De'Anthony Melton. I think De'Anthony Melton in a different situation becomes an instant Stanley League player.
1: I would agree with that. Um, and he's got. But the problem is he's got three more years left on his contract, making eight million, nine million, nine million. So it's a great contract. That's what I mean. Are they they're probably not giving that contract up though?
0: Nope, not for nothing.
1: Right. So that's my point. Is I think he's just gonna be there and he's gonna kinda be behind some guys and just struggling to get minutes. And that's maybe why I think this other guy has the potential. Now I don't know that he will be, but I think this other guy has the potential. It's Gary Trent. He averaged sixteen points a game when he went to Toronto. Now there's only one steal and there's not a lot else.
0: Yeah. But 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 there's room for those types of guys. Those, that's uh, what I mean. We've seen
1: Ross types, right? And we've seen those guys just kind of get a little bit better. gets a few more rebounds. He gets a few more assists. He ups the steals to like 1.2, 1.3. And all of a sudden, boom, he's smacking you in the face in standard league. Still only 22. You know what I mean? Just going to be, going to be a free agent. Going to get some money.
0: Yep. Uh, I think that's someone who, like he's got a place on a, on a real NBA team for a while. So he'll have a place probably in fantasy for a, a little bit of a while. I think that's it for the juniors. Well, uh, we did...
1: we got asked the, for the fun question. Anyone from this point on, you would take a, an upside shot on in a Ooh, dynasty league a that dynasty you think league. maybe turns into something, right? Yeah. Oh, you know what? We missed the player in this potentially.
0: We did. Who?
1: Yeah. Um. Well, let's see what you think about this person. It's Robert Williams.
0: Robert Williams. Yes. Man, he's a junior. Okay.
1: Yes. He sneaks in there as the 27th pick. Just kind of hiding just enough so you miss him.
0: I think Robert Williams is a victim of circumstance.
1: He finished 74th.
0: And not in a good way. In per
1: (laughs) game value. Just because there's a ton of blocks, and there's a really good field goal percentage.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't think he's, like, a victim of circumstances where he's, like, man, if he could just play 45 minutes, he would be insane. No, I think it's the other way around. I think it's, like, the Celtics don't have a center, and this guy could only be on the court for, like, 18 minutes a game. There is nowhere to go but down for this guy, in my opinion. But – and they have Horford now, who's going to play. There's – there and the there that is as well. Um, I don't think Robert – I don't think Robert Williams has uh, a long-term future in the league. I just don't. Maybe, maybe uh, yeah, as a backup center. but for next not, year,
1: he might Tennessee. be a standardly guy playing 18 minutes a game just because he's going to block two shots. Yeah, he blocks are hard to find. That's
0: so, fair. That is certainly fair. He might uh, make himself that. I mean, like we
1: talk about Nolan's Noel all the time. Would you rather have Nolan's Noel or Robert Williams next year? Granted, they're both playing the same exact role they played this season. Mm. Maybe Rob. Yeah, Robert Williams finished higher. He finished yeah. 74th. Noel finished 82nd. All right. Well, maybe I'm
0: uh maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I, don't like, know. I like
1: Williams more than you for sure. I think he's probably gonna be on the fringes of a standard league for a while just because he can block shots, he is gonna get rebounds, and he's not gonna do anything but dunk the ball.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Like like I'm saying, like I th- think there's a world where like he just can't stay on a team in like the next five years
1: fair i mean it's possible
0: yeah um in fact i mean are we still able to are we still allowed to take a crazy upside um like vote for mo baba that one confuses
1: me because they traded for carter yes who they could have picked
0: (laughs) yes that was a real swindle
1: just like admitting you made a mistake in some ways
0: yeah, you're done you're done fucked up, but now you have now you have all of the above, right? Like you have Mobaba, right. um, and you have Carter. Um but,
1: finished 199th this season, and I don't know that he plays anymore anytime soon.
0: Here's the one thing, and I always say this. If there's a guy who could do if he could break out, he's gotta have some weird crazy stat lines under his belt within the season. I know it was garbage time. I know that the teams they were playing were not that good. Mo Bamba had a 19, 15, and four block game with three steals. He went 22 and 15 the night before. Um, He had uh, uh, five threes in a game. (laughs) He had 18 rebounds in another game. Those are weird, crazy stats. So... Does he ever like? I don't know. Does he ever play well here? Like normal starters' minutes? Here you go. know, but do I want a guy who can get uh potentially five fucking blocks and five threes in a game? Well, let me let me read
1: you this line 20.8 minutes a game over the last 24 games. You ready for this? Yeah, let me hear it 11.1 points, 7.5 rebounds, 1.6 blocks. 46.9% 46.9% from the field, 71.2% from the free throw line on virtually no attempts. Huh. 1.2 assists and half a steal. Is that better than Mitch Robinson? Mm, well, I mean, you want Mitch Robinson for the blocks. So, I mean, he's blocking. Those are more. good blocks. Yeah. I you mean right it's good. It's good if he's played 28 minutes or 20.8 minutes, like 21 minutes, and he can get you that stat line, like that's probably standard league relevant. That's, I would say
0: hundred percent a standard league relevant player. So
1: But um, the problem is is he gonna play that much?
0: When will he ever play? When will he consistently ever play twenty let's just say twenty three minutes a game?
1: Right. And that's the question. And I don't know, I don't know the answer to it. the answer might be never um so yeah i mean i I guess if you're taking just an upside shot he's probably the best one of the guys we haven't talked about someone like you just go ah you know what
0: maybe maybe yeah if everything fell right i mean
1: you know it could be great i'll mention a guy who i like a little bit who i don't know about for fantasy but i just like his real life game that's lonnie walker like i just i
0: don't know why i thought you were gonna say mo wagner
1: uh, well i don't i don't know i don't know if so i hate my wagner i give you that that's fair um i just feel like lonnie walker has gotten better every year and he averaged mm-hmm. 11.2 points this year got up to 25 minutes you know hitting some threes just a guy who i feel like could be a role player in the league for a long time
0: yeah He's definitely improved his game every single year, which is exactly what you are looking for. It's just that his ceiling legitimately might be like a top 100 player.
1: Yeah, fair, fair. Um, And obviously he's going to have to do some more things on the defensive end, but, you know, sometimes you get more minutes and you just find your way into playing better defense, so that's something to watch.
0: Yeah, but you know what? Lonnie Walker does not have a better song named after him than Mo Bamba, so – Um, I'm just still gonna have to go with Mo Bamba. Uh, I think that's it for the juniors, Tyler. Uh, what do you got going on? What do you uh like what are you up to? What are you uh, oh what are you doing later?
1: Um, just writing a lot of stuff on the Dallas Mavericks. You know that it's been a crazy off season already for them, and it's only gonna get crazier. So I'm excited.
0: Yep, you can find Tyler at Tyler P Watts on Twitter. He's writing a whole bunch of things. Go follow him right now, way more important than following myself. At watch the boxes. Um, I'm just retweeting other people, but if you like funny sh- retweets, like I'm good at that. So you can follow me to get those. But most importantly, go to a hashtag basketball.com, go check them out, support the site. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Check out our Twitch at twitch.tv slash watch the boxes. We got a lot of stuff. I'm not really doing anything on any of those things, but we got a lot of stuff. So go check it out. Um, if you want, Rate and review us wherever you're listening to this to. Tell a friend. Tell somebody who else is who's into fantasy basketball about this show. We are in the weirds, in, this, in the, um, you know, right before the the, the free agency gets uh, kind of crazy, right before the draft. So we're reviewing the season. We'll be doing that. But if you want to hear something on the show, leave us feedback. Hit us up on Twitter. That's it for the juniors, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.